Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena and I'm bringing you today's word for November 26, 2018. First of all, I want to say that I had a great Thanksgiving weekend, a Thanksgiving break, and I trust that you did as well, and I'm ready to get back into the word. So let's do that. I've been teaching a series entitled Standing on the Word from God, and we've been first we studied the life of Abraham, and now we're studying the life of David. And I want to go back to it this morning. This is part 56 of the overall series, part 28 of the life of David. Uh, we, we dealt with 1 Samuel 16 and then 17. Now we're in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Today we're going to focus on verse 5, and then I'm going to give you the title of the message. 1 Samuel 18 and 5 says, Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war and appointed an appointment that was welcomed by the people and by Saul's officers alike. Today I'm talking about grace and favor. The title of today's message is grace and favor are not fair. I've taught on the fact that grace is undeserved. I've taught on the fact that favor is not fair, right? God does what he does, not because of our merit, not necessarily because of fairness, but because of his divine purpose. So I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with both today. I'm dealing with favor. I'm dealing with grace and how God doesn't necessarily give us what we deserve. And for that, we should be thankful. So let's, let's get back into this. So here in chapter 17, we saw how David cut the giant's head off. And, um, and uh, we also learned uh, that, you know, when he cut the head off, Saul says to, to King Abner, I mean, uh, the King Saul says to General Abner that was standing next to him, he says, Abner, whose young man is this? Like, who's, who's David's father? He wanted to know that. He's asking his commanding general, who clearly was not really in command that day, who David was and who his daddy was. Now, he already knew who David was. He didn't really know his daddy. But I want, I, the reason why I'm highlighting General Abner is that General Abner was the commander of David's forces, uh, of King Saul's forces to that point. And here that day, after 40 days of taunting by the giant, this young man actually killed the giant and then sparked something inside of the army of Israel. And then all of the Israeli forces stood up and they killed the Philistines. And all of this happened because of David and not because of the commanding general. So when the king asked the commanding general, hey, who, who does he belong to? Like, who's his daddy? The commanding general says, well, let me find out. And so he gets his men and he summons the men to bring David unto the king. And David goes and stands before the king. And as he's standing there, how can he bring, he actually brings the head of Goliath to the king. And so he's standing there as a young man. He's 17 years old. He's standing there and the head is dangling from his fingers. He's standing there. I'm sure that blood is still dripping from the neck of the decapitated head of Goliath. So I want you to picture this for a minute. So here you have the king standing next, next to his commanding general, who clearly wasn't in command that day. And here you have a 17-year-old boy standing there with the head of the giant that had been taunting them for 40 days, twice a day. And this is the young boy who led the insurrection against the Philistines. This is the young boy who killed the giant and then let, led the army into battle. This is the young boy who did what this commanding general was supposed to do. And so General Abner didn't know it, but the young boy that was standing in front of him was already destined to be his replacement. As a matter of fact, this is the grace of God, the favor of God, the hand of God, the anointing of God is amazing. David is standing there with the head dangling, dangling in his fingers, 
he's looking at the king that he's destined to replace, right? And he knew that he was going to replace him. He didn't know when. It was going to take some 13 years. And then he's standing right in front of the general that he was destined to replace. And he didn't even know that he was supposed to replace this general. But the favor of God was was on a 17-year-old boy, not just to replace a commanding general, but to replace a sitting king, not because he earned it, not because he deserved it, but because God had planned it. I, I, want, I want you to think about that. Think about, and then the text says in verse 5, 1 Samuel 18 and 5, the text says that from that day forward, you know, we know that we already learned that David moved into the palace. David established a relationship with Jonathan. But then the text says that the king gave David things to do. And everything, everything he was given to do, he was successful at it. This reminds me of Joseph. Remember how Joseph had the, the hand of God, the favor of God, the grace of God on his life. And so everywhere he went, he was successful. He was a he was, he was thrown into a pit and then God favored him to get out. He was, he was sold as a slave, but God made sure that he was sold to the right person, right? So it just so happens that he was sold uh, to the commander of the secret uh, service for the king, right? And you know, you know the whole story. And so the favor of God was on him in Potiphar's house to where he was a slave, but he was a prosperous slave. Then he wound up in prison and the favor of God was on him in prison where he was a prisoner, but he was a prosperous prisoner. He wound up running the whole prison. I'm saying David was a the same way whatever he was given to do whatever it was the favor of God was on him to succeed the grace of God was on him to succeed and this is all God this is all God orchestrating things remember the story of David that we've studied thus far he was minding his own business in the fields when God sent a man to his house to anoint him to be the next king of Israel he was approved right there in front of his father and in front of his brothers and then after that he had to go right back out to the fields a few weeks later <coughs> He was approved again, this time in front of the king. They came and said, hey, the king wants you to go to, they're asking for you by name. They, he wants you to play an instrument. He became a harp player for the king. He got promoted to armor bearer by the king. Boom, he leaves a few weeks after that. He's standing there. He gets approved by the whole nation. He, this is his coming out party. He kills a giant. He gets national notoriety. He gets to move into the palace. He gets the favor of God. Everything that the king asked him to do, he's successful at it. So he is promoted to commanding general and he's 17 years old. He is promoted to commanding general without any experience, without ever serving a day in the military, without ever wearing a suit of armor. He took control of military forces, of men who had been time and battle tested, men who had been in the military for decades. He was in charge of them, and it was the favor of God. This promotion was unearned, it was unexpected, it was unprecedented, and it is arguably unfair. It's not right to do that. It's not right to take a 17-year-old kid who only had one battle and place him in charge of an entire army who has been fighting for, for years and in many cases for decades. It's not right. It's not fair. But it's the favor of God. I'm telling you that when the hand of God, the favor of God is on you, things will happen for you. Grace and favor are are not fair. They are not earned. They, they, they are, it's not about your merit. It's not about your performance. It's about God's overwhelming goodness, kindness, mercy towards you. It is the grace of God. It is 
the favor of God. So what does this mean to you today? I have five things to share with you about grace. I have five things to share with you about favor. Let's get into these things. I believe they're going to be a blessing to you. Here we go. On this Monday morning, let's set the tone for the whole week by opening up our hearts to the grace and favor of God. Five things. Number one, grace and favor are not fair. Philip Yancey uh, talked about the grace of God. And in his book, he says that the mathematics of God's grace are scandalous. I mean, when you add it up, it makes no sense what God does. Grace and favor are not about equity. They're not about fairness. They're not about justice. Grace and favor fly in the face of merit. When God favors you, it has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with his goodness. It is the favor of God. It is the grace of God. And we as believers have to learn to open up our heart to whatever God wants to do in our lives. Number two, grace goes against everything. Listen, I'm, I, I'm a son of immigrant parents. I came here. My parents came from the Dominican Republic. I'm the first of my family born in this country. I was taught to work. I've been working like paid jobs since I was 13 years old. I, I know how to work. I, I, I thank God for a work ethic. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem working for something, earning it, deserving it, working my butt off. But grace goes against everything you've ever been taught about working for it or earning it. See, if you earn it, then it's not grace. And as a believer, it's hard. It's hard for me to just accept things because God wants to do it. Not God, God wants to bless me. God wants to bless you. Not because I'm so good. Not because you're so good, but because he's so good. He doesn't want, listen, the, the grace of God, you can't work for it. If you earned it, then it would not be grace. If you deserved it, then it would not be grace. Now, don't miss... Don't mistake. Look at me for a minute. Don't mistake what I'm saying. Grace is not a license for laziness. I'm not saying that you don't have to work hard to pursue your purpose. I don't, I'm not saying that you don't have to get up early and go to sleep late. I'm not saying that you don't have to pursue God and his assignment on your life with, with all your might. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that, that you would never be able to work or earn what God wants to do in your life. These things come by grace. These things come by favor. You could never earn them. They are simply the goodness of God. And we as believers, this is a hard thing for me to do, but we have to learn to, to accept what God wants to do to accept God's goodness. David was 17 years old and all of a sudden he was the commanding general of all the Israeli forces. That was the favor of God. Number three, we should be very thankful that God does not always give us what we deserve. Listen, I like to say this all the time. If God gave me only what I deserve, I shudder to think I would be a man most miserable. You would be a man or woman most miserable. Thank Thankfully, God doesn't just give us what we deserve. Let me give you some examples. The woman caught in the very act of adultery was brought before Jesus. Jesus did not give her what she deserved. She didn't receive justice from Jesus. She received grace. She was clearly wrong, but Jesus did not condemn her. The thief on the cross, think about that. The thief on the cross, he wasn't on the cross because he was a good guy. He was on the cross because he was a criminal. He did something wrong and he deserved what he was getting that day. And he calls out to Jesus, Lord, forgive me. And he gets to go to heaven. He gets to go to the same heaven that we're going to. He, listen, let's say you may be thinking that's not right. Let's say you gave your life to Jesus when you were 
15 and you live to your 85 and you've been serving God all your days for 70 years. You've been serving God for seven decades. You've been serving God. And this man cried out seven seconds before his death. Lord, save me. Forgive me. And he gets to go to the same heaven that you get to go to. That's not fair, but it's the grace of God. It's not about fairness. It's about God's goodness, God's love, God's mercy, God's favor. It is the favor of God. It is the grace of God. And we as believers, we got to get over it. Number four, David did not earn his way up the ranks. It was not fair for him to be the commander of all the forces in Israel. It was not fair to him for him to take General Abner's position. It was not fair, but it had nothing to do with fairness or equity. It had everything to do with the favor of God. This was part of God's plan for David. And so guess what? Whatever is part of the plan, we have to open up our hearts to our predestined purpose so that we can be the men, the women that God has called us to be. Number five. And finally, look at me for a minute as I close. Don't fight against God when he is trying to give you something that you clearly do not deserve. You may feel unworthy. You may feel like it's not fair. You may feel a lot of things, but let me tell you something. Do not let your feelings get in the way. Do not let your feelings get in the way of God's goodness, of his mercy, of his favor, of his grace towards you. Accept whatever God wants to do in your life. Accept it by faith. Faith has to accept the grace of God. Know that God is giving you everything that he's given you by his unearned and amazing grace. And you have to have the faith to say yes. That's the only way that you will ever become the man or the woman that God has called, destined, designed, and desires for you to be. Grace and favor are not fair. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life on this Monday morning. Say this. Say, Father, 2018 has been an amazing season of expectation for me. I acknowledge the fact that you have not always given me what I deserve. And for that, I'm thankful. I did not deserve your salvation, but you sent your son Jesus to die in my place anyway. You have loved me with an unconditional love all my life, even when I wanted nothing to do with you. And since I've been walking with you, there's a laundry list of things that I've done wrong and you've blessed me anyway. You don't give me justice. You don't give me fairness. You give me grace. You give me favor. And for that, I'm thankful. So, Father, I enter this day and every day that follows open to receive everything you desire. I know everything I need to maximize my purpose and potential is already stored up for me. I know you've already prepared for my success. You have already equipped me to leave an indelible mark. In this world, you did not do this because I earned it or deserve it. You do this because of your grace. So instead of fighting against your goodness, I open my heart to everything you planned to do in me and to do through me. I remove all boundaries, all borders and all limits. My life is in your hands. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, why not? Go to todaysword.org. There's a subscribe button. Click on the subscribe button. You're going to get an email from me every day. So you'll get this in, in documented written form. So you'll be able to look over it. Listen, 
Walk in the favor of God, the grace of God. Open your heart to everything God wants to do. Not because you're so good, but because he's so good. And then do me a favor. Before you leave the screen, please share this message on your social media. Let's let everyone everywhere know that Jesus loves them, that he made plans for them, and that he wants to do what he wants to do. Not because we're so good, but because he is. God bless you.